This, this is, is Yawa Radio. Radio. One welcome to the Yawa Radio podcast. The Yawa Radio podcast is an opportunity again to listen to one of our inspirational, thought-provoking interviews that we have brought to the listeners of Yawa Radio. Yawa Radio is online 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We are your well-being and happiness radio station, bringing the feel-good feeling to every single day of the week. Check us out at yawaradio.co.uk. Now sit back and enjoy this podcast from the Yawa Radio team. So you're listening to Yawa Radio. It's uh, Steve with you as per normal, and it's always great to be joined by uh, great guests from around the world. Well, I'm in the UK today, and uh, and I'm on the line with uh, Shona Hirons. Shona, how are you? I'm really well, thanks. Thank you for having me, Steve. No, it's a pleasure. Really looking forward to finding out more about what you do. I'm, I'm intrigued by the title, uh, The Burnout Angel. What a great title that is. So uh, how did it all come about? Well, one of my clients came up with that name a couple of years back and I thought I like that because I didn't want to just be referred to as a coach because these days everyone gets called a coach and it I think it can get a bit lost. Um so basically the burnout angel was formed because of my own of my own personal story with um with burnout myself. And I like to refer to it now as my former life, but in my former life, I was a lawyer for 20 years and it wasn't all bad. It was actually, I really enjoyed it for a very long time. Um, and then it's difficult to put my finger on what exactly happened, but probably when I when I decided to start having a family and that was when I was in my, uh, when I was 33. And I I'd always been, and I still am very ambitious about work, I wanted to have more balance in my life and just I think the whether it was just the industry I was working in um, or partly down to my mindset and not having very healthy boundaries I've, I've always been that people pleaser type person mm -hmm. who tends to just say yes to everything that looks great but then that can have its downfall on you as well because then you know you end up taking on too much and then you can easily make mistakes and it can become expected as well of you if you're always that yes person. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, long story short, 10 years ago, I went when I, and my daughter at the time was four, and I wanted to be that mum who was at the school gates. I didn't want to just always, you know, even if it was just once a week, just to be there to take her and pick her up. That was really important to me. Um and it worked for a short time. And then we had a change of leadership where we worked. And my new boss, his values were very different to mine. And he said, no, you know, you can't have both. <clears throat> um, you have to choose whether you want to be a mum or you want to you work in this kind of role. Um, and, and I didn't agree with that. But I would say over a period of time, he sort of brainwashed me. Um, and And I started to work longer and harder but definitely not smarter okay um and i would i was working 80 hour weeks and i think women are worse than men at this where you know we struggle to let go we struggle to let anyone help us and we feel like we have to be the ones at home to do the cooking the cleaning the childcare responsibilities and and i was certainly that person and and you know my husband bless him would always be like what can i do to help 
and and I wasn't hearing that. Um, so I had to learn how to change, I guess, all that. But and I did, I did learn a lot. Um, it made me very unwell to get to that point in the first place, uh, with with extreme exhaustion, chronic, prolonged stress. Um, and I think going back ten years ago, it was that lack of awareness as well around well, what was wrong with me? Why why was I starting to make mistakes? Why was I always tired? Why was I starting to get terrible migraines and like almost like nerve pain in my hands and feet? And it didn't matter how many test results, tests I had done in doctors. I was even in hospital for a period of time. When you're told, oh, your, your test results are normal and there's nothing wrong with you. It's really hard to know what to do to change. And, you know, I've had to learn over those years that actually you need to slow down in order to speed up. Um, and and it's not easy to do. And there's so many different factors involved because even a few years later when I thought I'd mastered that, I still realised I hadn't learned how to say no. And I was still going, yeah, I'll do this and I'll do that and I'll take on this at work just to prove myself because I'd now started a new job. Um, and this time it led to me having a life-changing accident um, wow. six years wow. ago. And it left me in um, a critical condition for, um, I was put into an induced coma for two weeks. I had to have my whole face completely reconstructed. Um, and yeah, I ended up spending the next year in and out of hospital having major surgery. So that was when I finally questioned my why. Wow. Shana, was that, was that a car accident then or was it, did you... What, what happened? No, it was, a, it was a cycling accident. So one thing I was determined to do after I hit burnout the first time was to really kind of prioritise my fitness and my and that side because I'd spend far too long just sitting at a desk all day, not moving. Um, and I'd have back pain. Um, I, you know, I stand up and I'd be like, oh, God, I'm so, you know, I can't <laughs> move. And one thing I was really in. in I was absolutely essential for me and I've always been in in the past into my health and fitness was to add exercise into my day somehow even if that just involved using the stairs instead of the the lift in the office etc um so I started cycling into work okay. and it was about a 12 mile cycle ride um and that was my way as well of really helping my mindset in the morning to, you know, just to feel good and the same to, to close off the day and come home. Um, but again, taking on too much and rushing as always in the morning to get my daughter ready, rush to get out of the house. Uh, I don't really know exactly what happened, but a witness said that my, my front wheel had hit a wet patch on the road and I just got flung over the handlebars. And although I was wearing a helmet, my face took the impact on a broken curb and it broke nearly all the bones and uh, around my face um, and fractured my skull. And, wow. yeah, lots of other various breaks in my hands, fingers, etc. So, yeah. God, you know what? You're just talking that that resonates because a, a good friend of mine, just recently had a cycle accident and um uh, they discovered that the sap on the road had been covered in mm. water and it was like oil and he slipped off yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah we went back and tested the site after because we weren't sure you know whether whether you know it it was any fault of that because in this particular part of the road it, it sank a little bit and it was on a main road and you had to 
come across it over those, you know, the bumpy tiles they had mm -hmm. to partially sighted and blind people. You yeah. had to come up onto onto one onto that, and that's really slippery. Those those little tiles, um, and yeah, where the main road was, there was there were leaves in there. There was muck from the road, oil from the cars, um, and you know, there's no wonder why my front wheel went buckled out as it did. Wow. So when when you came through all that then, which was obviously quite a traumatic time, was it then that you went, whoa, wait a minute, Shona, I, I, I've got to make some changes here to my life. Was that the moment? And, um, it, and did, you, it, did, it you, was, did you walk yeah. away from your career then? Did you just walk I in did. one day? I, I had no choice, really. Well, I did, kind of. I mean, the first, I had to have a long time of work. You know, I had... As I said, I had numerous surgeries and the first part in the hospital when I was lying there and I came round from the coma and the consultant came out and said, you know, you've got you've got so much pressure still on your brain. Um, I'd lost the sight in my left eye and lost the hearing in my left ear, which I've had more surgery on since. And that's now back, thankfully. Um, but he said, you know, you, you're, you've got a 20 percent chance of survival and there are certain things you won't be able to do again. And he, he said there were things like, uh, and this was true for about the best part of a year, I couldn't drive. And even as a passenger in a car, because of the pressure in my brain, even if I went over any slight incline, I'd get out of the car and I'd be all over the place, rocking, almost like I'd had too much to drink. And it was very, made me feel so nauseous and dizzy. Um, and, you know, that we had we had a skiing trip booked for a year after the accident and i was told to cancel it because if i if i went in an airplane i would it would kill me the pressure would kill me um the altitude as well going up the mountains would probably kill me and my mindset straight away went into this kind of thing well if you tell me i can't do something then i'll find a way to make sure that i can mm. um and and i did go i did end up going skiing and we didn't fly. I wasn't. I didn't want to risk that. But we got the Eurostar down to the south of France, um, and I had to deal with the altitude of going up the mountains by getting off at different stages, different okay. levels, and waiting for the pressure to normalise. And 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 I survived, and I I was okay, and I was so it was almost like a goal I'd set for myself. And you know, I guess my question as well was. If that day had been my last day on earth, would I be happy with what I'd achieved? And my answer was absolutely not. And I'd been brought up to believe you were only successful if you earned a six-figure sum and had status after your name. Mm -hmm. And I realised that life was much more important than that. And uh, for me to be successful, you need to have balance in your life. Um, and, and that's what's definitely made me happy over the last few years. So I guess it made me become really goal-orientated. Um, and I did go back to work for a short period of time, probably too soon, if I'm honest. Um, and the company was supposed to make some reasonable adjustments for me to, to come back into work. And they weren't made. And again, very, very quickly, I started working longer hours because I, I, I was seen as the expert in certain fields of law and they didn't have anyone else to do it at the time. Um, and, you know, this is when I started to say no things um but my line manager just didn't didn't appreciate that at all and and then I was very micromanaged when I came back to work every single piece of work had to be checked and reviewed and nothing I did was good enough anymore 
and it really affected my my mental health, my confidence. Um, and I was diagnosed with episodic depression as a result of my accident and the stress of work. And I was basically given a choice to either go on a performance improvement plan, and if I wasn't better within a month, then I'd have to have a disciplinary. Well, we know what happens then. Or I could take an unpaid sabbatical until I was better, or I could leave. Um, and and I I was a lot stronger in my mindset at that point, and I kind of had made that decision already. That was the final nail in the coffin for me to go. I need to get away from this, and I need to do something different. Wow! And how 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 did that feel? Did that feel liberating? Did it? Did it, I describe yeah. it sometimes as was it like a concrete overcoat coming off your shoulders? It, it it was, and and actually, I I wrote an article about this recently because I in my spare time I I'm a personal trainer. Um, and and I've got I've got a very small car, and I've got a couple of clients where I actually have to go to their house, and and I I end up having like a hundred kilo of weight in the boot of the car sometimes, which isn't great. Um, and I was driving, I had to go up this hill to get to the house, and I've got a two liter sports engine in my car, and normally it's really quick. I'm driving up this hill and thinking, goodness gracious, come on, come on. And then the next day, well, I took the weights out. And the next day, I was driving up the same hill. And this time, my car flew up the hill. And I was like, whoa, okay. And I realized I'd taken all that weight, you know, off his shoulders, literally. Yeah. And and it made me think back to how that, you know, how I felt when I walked away from that from that job, um, that industry, I guess, um, that, you know, they, they you would get given this badge of honor for working late into your social time, work, giving up your weekends. And I realised that's not the kind of industry I want to work for. And I'm not saying all law companies are like this. They're not. No. But the, the two I'd worked with were, and they were big corporates. And it made me realise that, you know, I wanted to make a change. I wanted to be that person to to look into all the data, raise as much awareness around things like employee engagement, what, what, what keeps people in their jobs, boosts that morale, um, and it's certainly not that badge of honour for staying late. Cool. So how how has your journey progressed since then? Then you know, and and you started the work, and I say initially you wasn't obviously not first of all called the burnout angel, so that came a bit later. Yeah. So so how 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 has it progressed? How has it evolved? I I just knew I had a passion for helping people and I was like how do I make this into a business and and I had no idea at the start if I'm honest um I went away and did um, a qualification in advanced nutrition and weight management because again that was something that interests me I did all my personal training qualifications um and I'm like what is my audience what is my niche and and then someone said to me I should write a book and I'm like, well, who the hell's going to read a book like me? And they said, well, I would, because you're basically a lot like me, but a few steps ahead. Because by this point, I'd, with all the goals I was starting to achieve and, you know, believing in myself again and, you know, all these positive things, my mindset had completely changed by just some small habits that I'd, I'd you know, been learning. And, and I did get myself a coach and that was probably the best thing I've ever done, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And I said, okay, that's that's really interesting. And you know, they said, well, we just want someone who gets us. 
And I thought, right, I'm going to work. I'm going to work in the field of burnout and work with people who are just like me, but a few steps behind. And I wrote my first book and it went to number one on Amazon in the personal development category on the first day. And I was like, okay. So it was also getting rid of that imposter syndrome around it as well. Mm. And, you know, just because I'm not someone who's really famous or well-known doesn't mean I don't have an impactful story and I can help other people just like me change their lives like I have. Wow. And what's the book called, John? Um, it's called The Girls Who Refuse to Quit. Wow. Oh, we'll um, and I've written, well, I've written, I've actually written two more since then, but um, I've, I'm still having in the editing process as well. So I, the, the Girl Who Refused to Quit is a collaboration book with some other ladies, um, which is which is a really great book. And then I wrote my own book called Broken to Bionic, mm-hmm. um, which is my, not just my story, there's lots of takeaways in there as well. Um, you know, it's a, it's basically a story which will make you laugh, it will make you cry, but it will leave you with hope and resilience as well, which is the takeaways are really important. And yeah. the most recent book I've I've written is called Taking Remote Control. And it's basically a complete guide for anyone, both individuals and leaders who um, manage and work from home. Brilliant stuff. Brilliant stuff. Well, we'll, we'll feature some of those on uh, Inspirational Book of the Week. We'll, oh, uh, we'll, dig, we'll <laughs> dig them out and share them. So, well, you, you, you know, you, there you are now, the burnout angel. So what kind of people are you? What are you describe the people who've got burnout. Is it? Is it predominantly male? Is it female? Is it a, a real cross section? Because let's yeah, be honest, let's be honest, Shona, right? We males are sometimes not good at recognizing this, you know? Yeah. I think I think there's this sometimes this macho image, isn't it? Mm. You know, I was doing some leadership training a few months back um, with a mainly male dominated engineering company. And I had 15 white 50-something males who I had to basically try and change their mindsets around the whole traditionally guarded view of well-being. Um, mm. and, 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 and the challenge was on. Um, and, you know, they they basically admitted to me that, you know, men, we if, if we show, um, you know, our feelings, if we start talking about um, any failures we've had, it's, it's a sign of weakness. And I thought, no, we actually, I personally think is something completely different I think it shows a strength and it shows you being a role model and you're human at the mm. end of the day so I think we need to reduce that stigma um and I mean in answer to your question a lot of the work I do these days is more corporate based so okay. I do a lot of um confidential coaching and support to employees who are experiencing either personal or work-related problems and that could include stress anxiety depression work-related conflict which then amounts to burnout um and I, I i also develop and implement programs um and services to promote employee well-being um i've got stress stress management workshops that i do we do some mindfulness training um and then look at providing employee support groups uh with within organizations as well and how you can develop the training and education around that for managers um, and colleagues on on mental health and well-being in the workplace. So I, I do do some one-to-one work as well, where I basically help people to go from burnt out to brilliant. Um, and my main focus on my coaching is to show people, because lots of people who come to me seem to have this poor relationship with time. 
mm-hmm. you know, wishing there were more than 24 hours in a day, working into their social time and not having that balance. And this is what can lead to burnout if it's not managed properly. Um, so I show them how you can incorporate movement into your day without it taking up any extra time. Um, and and I, I, I basically call them my tiny habits. Cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I know you, I know when we talked some time ago, we shared them with me. It could be like sat in your chair with a stretch band and just absolutely. Or maybe just standing up and moving about or well, my, my favorite one is, and I know I can't do a demo here, but you can picture it. So you're boiling your kettle. You how many times a day do people get up and make themselves a cup of tea or coffee? Mm-hmm. And you know, I call these my kettle boils. So get yourself a kettlebell. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And if you haven't got a kettlebell, you can use a a milk bottle, right? But kettlebells, you can pick them up on Amazon for less than a tenner. So when when your kettle is boiling, pop some music on in the background and grab your kettlebell. And I've got little short videos on YouTube and Instagram, et cetera, showing you how you can do like a simple kettlebell exercise, doing various different things with it. And believe me, you will feel more energized. You'll feel more focused. You'll feel happier. And you'll come back to your desk uh, you know, it's not taking up any extra time during your day and you will be far more productive. Well, yeah, I love it. Love it. Look, just, just be, you know, we just want this question for you as well, because there's a burnout gets thrown about quite a lot, doesn't it? The word. Yeah. 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 How, how, how would you describe the burnout? So. Burnout at the moment, burnout has been described back since 1974, um, by someone called Henry Frudenberger. Um, and it was always blamed on work-related stress. And that is that, that theory is carried on with the World Health Organization. But you know, I it's for me, it's more than just a buzzword. Um, because it has affected many of us, including, you know, my, as I said, met myself during various various stages of my career. Um, and recently studies have revealed that a staggering 69% of workers report feeling burnt out, and that's from Deloitte. Um, and I think it's important to unpack that issue and what exactly is burnout. Um, and it's not just related to work. There are many things that can impact your, your mental health. It's basically chronic prolonged stress. That mm. is what burnout is, which has not been successfully managed. Um, and, you know, since the last time the definition of burnout was updated in 2019, we've gone through a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. We've in the UK, we've gone through Brexit, which has affected a lot of people. Mm-hmm. We're now having a financial crisis, which is global. So there's there's all of these new things, and I will do like a um, what I call a life MOT with people, where we look at different things in their life, and that could be financial, it could be their physical health, it could be their relationships, um, and then in turn that can affect your sleep, and this all has a domino effect because yes, all of those things will add up and probably impact your performance at work. So you've got to look at the root cause of the problem before you can find a solution. Wonderful. Well, Sean, if people want to find out more about you and get in contact with the Burnout Angel, okay, how can they do that? Um, well, they can send me an email if they want to. Um, my email address, my business name is actually called Mindset in Motion. Um, so my email address is shona.hirons at mindset-in-motion.co.uk. 
Um, but I'm on LinkedIn. If you just type in my name, Shona Hirons, you'll see the Burnout Angel. Um, I'm I'm always on there. Um, and I'm on various different social media platforms under that name too. Cool. And Shona, you're here in the UK, but the world has changed. It's become a smaller place as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you work with people online as well as doing your corporate yeah. and face-to-face? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, I've actually been working with a global company over the past couple of years, and I've been working with people in 55 countries plus all 50 states of America. And my husband and I laugh because he'll say to me, where have you been today? And I'll say, well, I was in Amsterdam and Paris this morning. <laughs> and then this afternoon, I was in Denver, and then in Canada. So, you know, what what I've learned over the past few years is that you can talk to somebody anywhere and mental health affects not just people in the UK, but it is a global, um, it is global. Uh, and it's interesting to see how different cultures approach well-being as well. And it's, I, I've learned so much in that time. Well, Sean, it's been a pleasure talking to you today on Yawa Radio. Thank you so much for, for joining us, sharing your story and um and also the you know the great work that you do to help people and uh, i think it's absolutely wonderful stuff and uh, whether you're going to canada wherever you're going next to <laughs> today who knows i'm actually going to colorado not colorado i'm going to columbia later today okay <laughs> well enjoy an amazing day thank you for joining us thanks steve thank you A big thank you for taking the time out to listen to this podcast from the team at Yawa Radio. Remember to check us out live online 24 hours a day, seven days a week at yawaradio.co.uk. And if you'd like to join us as a guest on Yawa Radio or as a guest on the Yawa Radio podcast, we would love to hear from you. Simply email studio at yawaradio.co.uk. UK. Once again, a big thank you for taking the time out to listen. This is the Yawa Radio Podcast. Copyright applies. <laughs>